listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. day to each and every one of you. We think you're the best and that's coming from guys. And the reason we say that is because we couldn't do the job that you do. So we just have to say we think that you're the absolute best because God didn't make us like you. There is nothing like a mum. Come on, there is nothing like a mum. I heard someone say that there's nothing like a Volkswagen bug. A guy used to drive one. He said, I've done everything I can and the thing keeps running and it keeps going. Aren't you glad that a mum's like a Volkswagen bug? No matter what happens, she keeps going. Come on, she's like a Timex watch. She takes a licking and she keeps on a ticking. Come on, she's just good. That's what mums are. They are just good. If you think of good, then just one step further on is a mum because they are the absolute best. And we just love you. I read this quote this week and I thought, how awesome is this? Because I know some mums still struggle with the thought of, man, I'm not really a good enough mum. I could be doing more. I should be doing more. All this and that. And I read this quote this past week and I thought, wow, how powerful. What a great way to start just to encourage every mum. So here's the quote. Are you ready? Any mum who is doing her best and loving her children is the best mum. Do you like that? I like that. Any mum is who is doing her best and loving her children is the best mum. That is so, so true. Doing your best. We could always get better. We could always have more. Our desire, as Katie said, is we want to give our kids the best. and we want to, But if we are doing the best, if we are loving our kids the most, come on, that makes us a good mum. Come on, just high five yourself, pat yourself on your back, just do something and just give yourself some credit for being a good mum. And we just honor you for that. You know, this is the first time I've ever spoke for Mother's Day can't believe that. feels like I'm a guest preacher today and I've been invited in and just to share a message. I'm just pumped and excited, so honored, but yet so humbled because I realize just the incredible and awesome, um, just everything that a mum is and just to represent and to stand here and just to speak and, and truly respect each one of you is just absolutely phenomenal. So I'm just excited to be able to do that for you today. This week I was out with a friend and I was catching up with a friend. I was telling him about the new kid on the block that we just had number six to our family. It's been a while since we've been actually gone out with each other, this friend. And, and we live in kind of two different circles and two different worlds. And every so often our worlds would kind of collide again and come back in touch. And, and we met and said that thing, come on, we need to do lunch sometime. And, and we met and we had a great lunch on Wednesday. And I'm just telling him about all the great things that's happening with number six, Judah. And just, wow, you had another kid? Yeah, sure have. And we We were just talking about all these great things. And then he asks me the question. And here's the question. Are you ready? What does your wife do? Does she work? I want to tell you right now, immediately I had an answer. And immediately my answer was, yes, she works. She has the hardest job that there is because she stays at home and takes care of her seven kids. You said, I thought you had six. I do, but I'm number seven. Amen. So she does an awesome, awesome job. And I could not speak high enough of my wife and just the great job she does because I think I have it easy when I leave the house and can have a break for a while. But yet mums are left with just all the tasks and the chores of doing that kind of thing. So sweetheart, I think you're the best. She's in the back with number six right now. I just think she's the best. And I just absolutely love her from that. And, and I'm glad today that I can stand and speak with such confidence about motherhood 
motherhood because of the example I see through my wife, but also the example of my mother. I wish my mum could be here today. My mum sends her love to each one of you from England. They're there right now. And she says that she wished that she could be here. But since she couldn't be here, she is front and center right there. That is me and my mom right there. That is me and my mom. And um, I didn't have that. That wasn't arranged. I just sent a picture in and it happened to be front and center, which is pretty cool. But that is my mom. So my mom wants to send a happy Mother's Day to you all. So here's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about his masterpiece. We're talking about each one of you as mums today, that you are the masterpiece of God. But here's the title of our message today. The title of our message is that you are framed by God. That as a mother, we believe that you are framed by God. And we're going to explain that as we go into the message. But let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message and the opportunity that we have just to share, God, your truth with those here today. And God, we pray that the truth that we would share would take root and take hold. That God, every mother in here today would realize that they are a masterpiece. That God, they are your greatest, what you created. And God, we thank you, we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Amen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Here's our theme scripture. It says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. In other words, what he's saying is you're created with a divine purpose, the good works that God has already set up for your life. So you are created a workmanship. You are created, as we'll discover, a masterpiece to fulfill the plan and the purpose that God has for your life, which God has prepared. Notice this, God has set you up. Come on, say with me, set up. Come on, hold on to that thought because we're going to get to that. But God has prepared good things for your life beforehand. Your life has been set up beforehand that what? That we should walk in them. We would be fools not to do what God has told us. Mums, you are masterpieces. You are created by God to do great works. God's already set it up. And now it's your responsibility to walk in those ways. Look what New Living Translation says. Are you ready? For we are God's what? Masterpiece. I love that. We're his work of art. We're the best that he could do. God doesn't make any junk. Well, two people agree with me. God does not make any junk. You may be sitting here today, a mother, and you may say, well, I don't feel like a masterpiece. I don't feel like I'm special. I don't feel like I'm important. Here's what I'm glad of. I'm glad that the Bible is not dependent upon my feelings. I'm glad it's not my feelings that makes the Bible true or not. It's my faith to believe those things. So whether I feel like that or not today, the Bible is still true. You are His masterpiece. You are created for greatness. You are God's prized possession. He has created us, it goes on to say, a new in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned long ago. That we can do. He has made us his masterpiece. Given us a new life that we can do, that we can be everything that he's called us to be. So if or since we are called and chosen to be his masterpiece. I believe it's important, therefore, that we treat ourselves and others not with disrespect or regard ourselves as an inferior work. How many would agree with me with that? If we are his masterpiece, then it's time we treat ourselves and others like that and not look at ourselves or others with disrespect or inferior Because you're his best. But you just need to make sure that you're living up to that potential, what is fully available for you. You see, the title of our message today is your life is framed by God. You're framed by God. When we say the words that you are framed by God, 
It usually has the connotation today that you were set up. Come on, I was framed. I was set up. Anyone seen those shows on TV where they have a bad waiter or a bad waitress and they've got a camera hidden behind the screen and the husband knows but the wife doesn't know and it's this big setup and there's going to be junk in the food and there's going to be all these kind of things and they're going to complain and they're going to make a fool of themselves and all of a sudden someone's going to jump out behind the curtain and say, smile, you're on camera. We've just caught everything. And how many have ever seen a show like that? Isn't it amazing how we act so many times in our life when we think or we don't realize that we've been framed? We don't realize that we're being set up. And what we've got to realize is it's important for us to accept the truth that God has set us up for greatness. I want you to hear that today. God has framed your life, set your life up for greatness, but yet it looks like a horror story right now. You're waiting for someone to jump out behind the curtain and say, this is not for real. This is not life. Come on, just keep holding on. It's just a big joke. But I want you to know something right now. You are being framed in the situations and the circumstances of your life for greatness. We don't often see it. That's the problem. We don't see the greatness. And here's what we see. Are you ready, ladies? We see the piles of laundry. No greatness in laundry. Come on, we see the piles of dirty dishes. We see all the cleaning that's needed, the cooking that's needed. We just see the fact of being a mom. And for some of you, you've got to play the role of dad too. Come on, you're the nurse and the doctor. When they're sick, they're puking all over you. When they need help with their homework, you're the teacher. It's not a lot of greatness. I laughed about this at nine o'clock. Probably the worst time of the day in our house is when Kelly's doing homework with the kids. Not much greatness going on in the house when the kids are doing homework. And sometimes it's hard to see that we're really framed by God. That we're His masterpiece. That we're what He wants when we're struggling through the everyday mundane things. In our house, we've got four teenage girls. You know what that means? That mum has to be a counsellor. A lot of issues and a lot of problems going on. If not between them all, then with other people. We have some boy issues in the house sometimes. Come on, I just solved that issue. Just get a 12 gauge. No more boy problems in the house. Amen. Come on, come on, come on. But no, seriously, there are things that we have to work through. And sometimes I think Kelly and mums, we can look at the counsellor. We can look at the fact we've got to be the judge and the jury when they're fighting. We've got to step in the middle and we've got to solve the problems because we've got to have eyes everywhere, knowing everything, seeing everything. Sometimes the greatness of what we're called to be, his masterpiece, sometimes is not seen. It's not seen around us. Because things don't always appear to be great. But remember though, isn't that what a setup is? That things are not what they appear to be. That things are not always as they appear to be. And I want you to see today that you are his masterpiece. That God's created you for greatness. Look again what it says in Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says this, for you are, I've personalized it today. You are his masterpiece. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared or has set up for you in advance that you should walk in them. And ladies, mums, how you handle the most menial tasks perhaps speaks the loudest of your lives. There's greatness even in those things. If we would realize what God has called us to do, because they are moments of opportunity, not only for our lives, but for the future of our children who are around us looking for our guidance and instruction, looking to see how we handle what we do and how we'll act in the situations of life. I want to give you six characteristics that I have learned from two of the greatest people on this earth, and that's my mom and my wife. I want to give you six characteristics that I believe every mother must possess in her life. And if you are lacking in areas, remind yourself that you are God's masterpiece. You are created for good works, that He has already given you the strength and the ability to do this. You've just got to walk in it. You've just got to exercise those things. You've just got to be part of the great setup and realize your life is framed by God for greatness. And God has greatness for your life. So here's number one. Are you ready? Nothing is in vain. Say that with me. Nothing is in vain. 
nothing is in vain. We're going to discover how true that can be because sometimes life can seem so pointless. It can seem like we're spinning our wheels that we're getting nowhere. As I said at nine o'clock, I get a lot of mothers, especially young mothers that tell me, I just feel like I have no purpose for my life. It's like I'm doing the same thing over and over again. It just seems like my life is being wasted. My life is in vain. If we are the masterpiece of God... That means he's the creator of us. Everyone agree with me with that? He's the one that's holding the brushes. He's the one that is painting the image. He's the one that is making us that masterpiece. So therefore, I think it would be good for us to step back and have a look at the nature of our creator. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, it tells us these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It goes on to talk. So what we see here is Genesis 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 verse 2. Almost two separate things have happened. Number one, we see God created, but yet number two, we see that there is disarray, there is devastation, there is emptiness in that which He has created. It's a whole other message, but I want you to tell, to tell you something today. Something took place in between Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Something takes place in our lives when God says you're his masterpiece, but then you have to live out in this real world. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Something happens in our lives when we know we're supposed to do the best, But yet the reality of life clicks in and all of a sudden our best seems to go by the wayside really south. And instead of us being and doing what God wants us to be, we find ourselves in a different image, in a different likeness. We find ourselves caught up in a different way. But what we've got to understand is this. God creates everything perfect. He doesn't mess up and therefore it's now falling apart and it's not where it needs to be. That's not the thought. The thought is this, that what God creates, Satan wants to mess with. Satan wants to mess with because he doesn't want greatness. He doesn't want great mums. He doesn't want you to instruct your kids in the way of God. He doesn't want you to be the masterpiece of God. He wants to put everything in and Satan comes in and he screws everything and he twists everything and he deceives and then what happens? That which is perfect is now so imperfect. But I want you to know the nature of God is perfection. The nature of God is greatness. And that is what he wants for each one of our lives. Look what it says in Isaiah 45, 18. It says, For thus says the Lord who created the heavens, who is God, who formed the earth and made it, who established it. See the picture he's painting? Notice what he says. Who did not create it in what? I did not create it in vain. The original meaning of that word is empty, desolate, or a waste. But I formed it to be inhabited. In other words, God said, I created this world perfect. I did not create it in vain. With emptiness, with desolation, or waste. So the nature of God is this. Nothing is done in vain. Nothing God ever does is in vain. But yet we don't always see it that way. And you know why we don't see it that way? Because we're not God. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not God. Hate to break it to you, but you're not God. So because we're not God, we don't always see it that way. So it's easy to begin to see our life. It's easy for your life, your daily routine to become in vain. It's easy for you to look and say, I'm not getting anywhere. This is just wasted opportunities. I'm sick and tired of my life. I hate it. I'm not happy. God, there has to be more for my life. I don't know if you're there. I pray that you're not. But I'm sure that you have at least thought those thoughts if you haven't found yourself there. But what you've got to watch is this. You can allow the circumstances of your life to frame your life instead of your life being framed by God. You can begin to allow your circumstances to begin to tell you how your life really is. And you know what your life will look like if you allow your circumstances to tell you? You will get bitter. You will be resentful. You will be angry. You will be empty. And you will be in despair. Why? Because nothing always goes as planned. Some things do, but not everything ever falls perfectly into place. 
So if I'm allowing my circumstances to set up my life and to frame my life, I'm going to be disappointed. That's why I've got to have my life framed by God, which means what? Even though I don't understand it all, even though I don't grasp it all, I've got to realize that nothing is ever wasted, empty or in vain. I don't have the answers for everyone. I don't have the answers for Miss May when she loses her husband six months ago in a car accident. I don't have the answers for Jeff and his four children as they bury their mother. I don't have the answers for people who have faced miscarriages and they cannot have children. I do not have many times that specific answer that they're looking for in life. But what I can tell them and what you need to hear today is nothing is ever in vain with God. Nothing is ever empty. Nothing is ever wasted. Nothing is ever desolate. Why? Because even look at our lives. Our lives are set up in seasons. The seasons of our lives. Kelly and I have just gone into a new season. We thought we kissed that season long, long go away. We're now in a season of diapers, poop and puke. (laughs) Thought that was gone. We were going to celebrate with everyone else who was entering into that season. But we're there again. We're in that season of sleepless nights. Can't remember the last time we had a a, a full night's sleep. In fact, when I went away to a conference, Kelly says, I I feel, uh, look at you, you're going away and you're going to have a good night's sleep. I didn't even have a good night's sleep when I could have had a good night's sleep because I felt guilty for not for sleeping when (laughs) Kelly was awake. So I just woke up just to wake up. And I could have slept the whole night. But that's just a season that we're going in right now. But you know something about seasons of this? They'll pass. They pass. They come and they go, just like with the natural. If we were to ask you your favorite seasons, I'm sure most of you would never say winter because it's death. It's, it's, it's emptiness. It's barrenness. Who likes brown grass? Who likes trees with no flowers or no leaves? Who likes just emptiness and, and decay? No one. We like maybe the cool weather for a couple of weeks and that's, we'll, we'll take that. But we like the summer, we like the smells, we like the colors, we like the flowers, we like the warmth, we like just everything that goes with it. But you know, in life, every season has to set up the next season. Every season has a point that can be found in the next season. If there wasn't a winter, there'd never be another spring. And through spring comes new growth and greater blessings. You see, we can look and say, well, I don't understand this. I don't always know this. I want to tell you right now that nothing's in vain with God. Where you're at right now, you may not understand it all, but it's not in vain with God. Keep holding on. Keep trusting because God says weeping may endure for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. You may not see it, but nothing's in vain. I've seen this with my mom. I've seen this with Kelly going through circumstances and situations. But no matter what. They still threw their hands in the air and still say, God's in control. I don't understand it all, but we've got to keep trusting him. We've got to keep pushing through. We've got to keep trusting God. I want to tell you right now that you've got to learn the lesson of the season before you can go into the next season. God can't take you to the next season until you've learned the lesson of where you're at. Till you've passed the test of the season you've had. Some of you are still in a season that you should have been out a long time ago. But you're taking it in vain. It's emptiness. You're spinning your wheels. And instead of asking why all the time, you need to say, God, what are you trying to do in my life? What are you trying to show me? Because God, I want to be your masterpiece. And I want my life to be framed by you. And when we begin to pray that, and when we begin to desire that, I believe God will show us the purpose of where we're at. Because there is purpose in every moment. There's purpose in the things that we look at and think are meaningless and nothing. But there's purpose in those times. And until we really realize that, we'll still keep living in those things. Remember this, God doesn't create anything in vain. Nothing is in vain. It all serves a purpose to develop and build our lives, to allow your life to be framed by God. Look at this statement. Seasons are not destinations, but they're pathways. It's not an arrival. It's a pathway onto new, greater things that God has for us. Kelly and I aren't going to stay in diapers and poop for the rest of our lives. 
But it's a pathway into greater things. But you know what I've realized and that is this. I'm not taking for granted any of these moments because I remember with my first kids, you wanted them to walk and you wanted them to talk. I'm not wanting him to walk and talk. I'm wanting to savor every moment of it. Why? Because I've realized through life, things are not in vain. They have a purpose and a meaning and God wants to use them to perfect me and to make me what? Framed by God to make me the masterpiece of greatness that he has called you, mum, each one of us to be. So nothing is in vain. Are you ready? Number two, lessons I've learned from Kelly and my mum. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too small. Many people can just overlook things. Mums can't. Even the smallest details are so important to mum. I watched Kelly and her total willingness to serve me and the kids and almost to a fault at times. And Kelly and I have had this discussion many times and we're we're working on changing things in the home. But sometimes I think we can do so much for our kids that we're spoiling them for their future. Amen. We can do too much for them. I tell Kelly, we've got to prepare our daughters to be great wives for people in the future. We've got to teach them where the dishwasher is. Got to teach them how it works. Got to teach them that genies don't come out in the middle of the night and do the laundry and wash the dishes. And then you wake up and your bed's made and everything's good. We've got to teach them that. But I have watched for years as Kelly's service, my mother's service, and how they are so willing to serve and nothing is too much to ask. Nothing's too small or menial for them to give their absolute best to. If they're making a bed, it looks the best it could ever be. If they're cleaning up, I come home to the house and Kelly's exhausted at night. And I say, what have you been doing? She said, I've been dusting on top of the cabinets. Now, us as guys, we don't understand that because if you can't see it, you don't have to worry about it. Amen. If you can't see it, I mean, who sees on top of the cabinets for God's sake? Amen. (laughs) Kelly does. She sees that. Tanya does. I mean, we see that. I mean, it keeps us awake at night, the tops of the cabinets. But you see, it's the small things that get as much energy and attention as even the other things. Look what it says in the Word of God from Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. It says, whatever your hand finds to do, whatever the task is at hand, what is the instruction? Do it with your might. In other words, what the Word of God is telling us is this, give everything to everything. Even if it just may seem small and not really important, what does God's word tell us to do? Give it the best. Be the best that you can possibly do. The New Living Translation says, whatever you do, do it well. I like that, don't you? What a great motto to live your life by. Whatever you do, do it well. Do it right. Even those tasks and even those actions that can be so unnoticed by man, remember this, they are never unnoticed by God. By God. Anyone remember a young boy in the Bible called David? He turned out to be a king. He turned out to be a king with the heart of God inside of him. In fact, the greatest king that probably has ever lived was David. But he started off as a little shepherd boy that was taking care of a couple of sheep. He was doing a task that was so small and unnoticed that when a prophet came, I mean, that was the highlight of their lives right there. A prophet came to their home. And they threw a party for the prophet and David was so small and menial and the task that he was doing and the life that he was was so forgotten that even in the greatest moment of that family's life, he was forgotten and he wasn't even invited to the party. But even though David's forgotten by his family, he's not forgotten by God. And God knew exactly where he's at. God saw a heart that no matter the task, He took complete responsibility in it. No matter how small it may seem and how unimportant to many other people, it was still so important to David that one day when a lion jumped in and took one of his sheep, he ran after it and grabbed it by its beard and he slew the lion. And when a bear came, he did the same thing. He grabbed a hold of it and wrestled with a bear. And he took it down. Why? Because nothing was too small. 
whatever his hand found to do, he was doing it with all his might. He put his life on the line for something that he could have so easily overlooked. Doesn't that sound so much like a mom? Just willing to put their life on a line. Look what it says in Matthew 25 verse 21. It says, well done you good and faithful servant. And here's why. Because you have been faithful over a few things. Because you've been faithful with the little things. Just maybe those little words. Those maybe those actions. Just doing the little things that we don't see. And we don't recognize. And we don't praise you for. But the Bible says, you mum, His masterpiece. Framed by God. When you are faithful to do those things. Guess what God says? I will make you ruler. Notice this, the promotion that comes through the small things. That God says, I will make you ruler over many things. And then how does it end? Enter into the joy of the Lord. That last part, I think, is just as important as the first part. Because here's the promise of God. Mom, when you are faithful in the small things, when you realize nothing is too small, nothing is too menial or below me, but I'm going to do it all with the best of my ability and my heart. God says, I can now set you up for greatness because I can give more to you. But God also says, I'm going to give you joy in your life. Notice that. That joy is not something that is determined upon the circumstances. Joy is not with the circumstances. Joy is determined on your connection. You see, you're connected to the source. That's where your joy comes. Happiness is determined upon circumstances. If your circumstances are good, you're happy. If your circumstances are bad, you're not happy. You're mad, you're sad. But joy can be something that comes that no matter what, no matter where, no matter how, you can still have that inner joy and that peace inside of you. How does that come? By realizing that you're His masterpiece. God has set you up. Your life is framed for greatness. The greatness of God. And in that, it's realizing that nothing is too small. And it's there where God wants to bless you and increase your life. Oh, no one sees. God does. God does because nothing's too small for God. Here's the flip side to that. Are you ready? Number three, what I've seen in my wife and Kelly, the incredible example of their lives is this. Nothing's too big. Nothing's too big. No matter what, super mom's going to find a way to accomplish it. Come on, I remember as a kid coming to my mom and saying, Mom, I don't know what to do. I'm glad that my mom never said to me, Son, I don't know what to do either. She probably thought many times she didn't know what to do. But you know what she always told me? Son, we're going to work through this. Come on, we're going to give it to God. We're going to find a solution. Don't worry about it right now. It may look so big. It may look so bad. But guess what? Us and God, we're going to work through it. Why? Because nothing's bigger than our God. Aren't you glad that mums are like that? That they find a way? You know, they tell us the same way that you eat an elephant is the same way you eat a pizza. If you wanted to eat an elephant, that is. You eat it one bite at a time. You can look at a pizza and say, well, I can manage that. But you can look at an elephant and say, no way. But you see, that's how the circumstances of life wants us to see. We've just got to take it on one bite at a time. And I'm glad that my mom, I'm glad that Kelly have taught me in my life that nothing's too big that God cannot handle. That God has given a strength inside of us that we can make it through if we keep trusting and keep believing and realize that nothing is too big. Look what it says in Philippians 4 verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Come on, God gives me the ability that I need that is equal to the task at hand. Come on, that's a good quote right there. You need to quote that one on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, something like that. Come on, God gives me the ability I need equal to the task I face. That's the greatness of God. That's the masterpiece, the greatness, mum, that he's placed inside of you. Oh, there's moments of overwhelming situations and circumstances. I'm sure there's been times when Kelly and my mum have gone to bed saying, man, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. There are moments like that. But what does the song say? When the going gets tough. No, that's not the words. The mums get going. Come on now. 
when the going gets tough, mum kicks in gears. That's her speciality. Come on, get out of the way. I'm going to move in. Come on, so many mums, you've got to watch because if you don't watch, you can have a defeatist mentality. And you can become defeated with the circumstances and the situation. Say, man, it's just too big. I can't handle that. But you see, you've got to remind yourself that God promises to be with you. Look what it says in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. The last part of verse 5, it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Look at verse 6. So I may boldly say, come on, mum, you can have a confidence. Nothing is too big. Why? Because the Lord is my helper. I will not fear whatever man can do to me. Come on, I don't have to fear the circumstances of life because God is my helper. And if you want to give a whoop, Here's a good one right here. Here's what the word helper means. It means this, that God is waiting for me to cry out. And when he is waiting for me to cry, he jumps straight in with the answer and the help that I need. So the picture is this. God is poised. He is ready for us to cry out so he can jump in and help us in the circumstances of life. I don't know how Kelly does it. I don't know how my mom ever did it. They just take it in their strides. They just take it on. They get it done. They don't quit. They make it happen. But yet again, proven the fact that what? You're set up for greatness, mom. You're his masterpiece. You're framed by God, set up by God. Even though things may not appear as they are, you're framed for greatness. Because nothing's in vain, nothing's too small, and nothing's too big for you and God. Number four, you ready? Nothing is unimportant. Nothing is unimportant. And guys, we just got to throw our hands up in the air and just say, mums, you just totally outclass us right here. I mean, mums outclass us every step of the way. But we are totally outclassed here because... You know, when kids come with all their stories and everything like that, you know what dads want? They want to get straight to the point. They want to know the point. They're not interested in the 30, 40 minutes that goes with it. Son, just tell me what's happening. Well, dad, I am telling you. Well, no, you're not because you're talking about this, this, this and this. But mom's saying what? Sweetheart, just let him talk. Because you see, nothing is unimportant to mom. She listens. She listens, she listens, because then she has to reassure, then she has to comfort, then she has to assist, and then she has to help. No matter the content, it's all important to her. And let me show this point even further. When Susie comes home from kindergarten and she has a piece of paper, in the middle of the piece of paper, there is a red dot. She shows it to her dad and he goes, okay. All right. She shows it to her mum, and her mum says, Sweetheart, that is beautiful. Wow, that is the prettiest red dot I have ever seen. And the guy's going, It's a red dot. And then here's the question the mum asks What is the red dot? Well, mommy, it's you. Oh. Sweetheart, that is the prettiest picture of mommy I have ever seen. And you know where we're going to put it? Right up here on the refrigerator. So everyone can see. The dad's going, it's a red dot. Doesn't look anything like mom. And it goes up with the blue dot. And the green dot and the yellow dot and all these other abstract things that make up all our happy family. But you see what the guy doesn't get, the mum totally does. A mum gets it so much that most of you mums right now, you can open a box somewhere and there's the red dots from kindergarten and then there's the other pictures from first grade and second grade and third grade and fourth grade and as I said at nine o'clock hopefully by twelfth grade they've progressed and it's not red dots anymore 
But you got the stack. You got the, the proof of everything. Why? Because you keep it all. Because it's important to you. It's not something that's unimportant like it is to us as dads most of the time. And it's not because we don't have any feelings. I know you think that. But we're just wired different. We're not like wired to be really sentimental with things like that. But yet to mum, it's so important. You know why mums are like that? Because mums are just like God. Look what it says in Psalms 56 verse 8. It says of God, you number my wanderings. You put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? I love how the Message Bible presents this verse. It says this. You have kept track of my every toss and turn. Through the sleepless nights, each tear is entered into your ledger. Each ache is written in your book. Isn't that beautiful? Just the image of God. But yet the masterpiece of a mother. Just the care and the concern that she has. Every tear, every ache, every pain. It's something that she doesn't only jot down, but it's something that she feels too. That when the kids, who was it, Wayne Austin always says this, a mother or the parents are only as happy as their what? Their saddest child. A parent is only as happy as their saddest child. Because that's where we live, because things go noticed in our life. But what a God who is fully Involved in every aspect of our life. But again, showing us, I believe, the masterpiece of a mother. How to a mother, nothing is unimportant. Everything is highest priority. That mums will move heaven and earth, just like God, to make it happen for their child. Why? Because it's important. Come on, mum. You're his masterpiece. You're framed of God. Because nothing's in vain. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too big. And nothing's important. Number five, nothing is unnoticed. It's similar to nothing is too small or minute. I understand that. But one thing I discovered at a pretty early age is this. My mum was an alien. She did superhuman things. She had a radar system that wherever I was at, she knew exactly where I was. She had eyes everywhere, not just in the front, not in the back of her head. She could throw them and put them wherever she wanted because mum did not miss anything. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Nothing was unnoticed. You see, mum had this code sign and the code sign of my mum was just clearing her throat. Even still today, I still laugh about it and and, and hit Kelly every time she does it because here's me. You watch me. If my mum clears my throat, here's me. I'm looking straight away because it's programmed into me. Because I remember as a kid, that cough said this, Son, I see exactly what you're doing. And let me tell you more than that. Wait till you get home. When you get home, you will not be able to sit down for a week. And that's just when I'm finished with you. I'm going to pass you off to your dad and he's going to finish you off. Son, you, are, you don't know what's going to hit you when you get home. And sometimes I was so blessed I didn't even have to wait till I got home. It happened before I got home. I always laugh and joke about why I love church so much today. Because church for me was a spanking definitely after church every Sunday. And pretty most of the time it was one during church too. And I learned really quick the worst thing you could do was scream really loud when your mum took you out of church. Just made it a whole lot worse. But what I'm saying is this, it was amazing how mom, just that little cough, just that she was right involved in my life, whatever, she was in my head. That even when I began to think those thoughts, she would say, hey son, I know what you're thinking. And we can laugh about this. But you know what? Mums, it's an intuition that God has given you. Because you're his masterpiece, because you're framed by God. God set you up that way so you would know those things, so you would be sensitive to those things, so you would be open. We, call, we, we say this in England, she didn't miss a trick. My mom didn't miss a trick. There was nothing that she missed that she didn't catch up with and she was ahead of. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, this scripture is actually talk about giving charitable deeds. 
And it talks about when we give these things. But I really believe it parallels here when we're talking about nothing is unnoticed. Because look, at the last part of verse 4, it says these words. But your Father, God, He who sees in secret will Himself reward openly. And I think that is so powerful when I think about that with my mom and Kelly and just different ones, that you're his masterpiece, that God's created. There's so many things that perhaps go unnoticed, but yet, you know what? You still do that. You're still faithful right there. And as a result, guess what? There's rewards that you experience in your life and blessings that will come as you're faithful just to do those small things. Mums can tell when you're happy. Mums can tell when things are right and wrong, when you're sad. Mums can tell when things aren't as they are. I know mum can even tell in my voice things that I can hide from other people, but I can talk to her and she can say to me, son, what's wrong? I can hear it in your voice. Why? Because nothing is unnoticed. I'm glad I have a mum and a wife. But let me tell you, ladies, mums, you're his masterpiece. God set you up. In the exact same way. Let me bring this to a close. Here's the last one. And this is perhaps the toughest one to preach. But it's one that every one of you need to hear today. And that is this. Nothing is unacceptable. What do I mean by that? Doing nothing is not acceptable. Not being a mother and doing what God has called you to be is inexcusable. And guess what? And is not acceptable. I was just reading on Thursday from Romans chapter 1. And in Romans chapter 1, it starts off really good. And it talks about living by faith. And how we should live and what we should do. After Paul gives his address, it's then talking about living by faith. But then at verse 18, it takes a drastic U-turn. And it now paints a picture not of those who are living by faith, but those who are living against faith, if you want to say that that want life their own way, that want to make the decisions for their life. It talks about the created turning around to the creator, God, and saying, we don't want your ways. We don't want to live like you. We want to live life by our own means and by our own choices and our own decisions, much like pretty much the world we find ourselves in today, people living their own way. And in verse 26, it talks, I believe, of a mother. There are other implications to the scripture, Uh, when it comes to sexuality and just different things like that too. But I believe one of the implications of this scripture is as a mother. And it says this in Romans 1 verse 26. It says, for this reason, and the reason is if you had lived before, they want to live their own way. They want to do their own things. They want to follow their own rules. But it says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their woman exchanged the natural use for that which is against nature. I believe one of the references it's talking about here is the reference of a mother, the role that we do not see being played out today, that mothers are turning against their natural God-given calling that he's placed upon each one of them to be a nurturer, to be caring, to be compassionate, to be a life giver. But what do we see instead today? Parents who don't want their children, who want to terminate their pregnancies, who want to get rid of them. And even if they do have them, they don't value them. They don't care for them. I want to tell you today that nothing is unexcusable. Come on, nothing is unacceptable. You cannot live like that, leaving that which is what God God instructed for you living a selfish, self-centered, wicked, sick life. And I'm sorry today if that's strong. But that type of behavior is not the setup. That's not the masterpiece. That's not the framing of God that he has called you as a mum to be. Maybe you've made mistakes in the past. We're not here to jump on you for those because we can't change our past. But today is a new beginning. Today can be a fresh start. We can't change what's going on, but we can be what God has called us to be right now. And I want to tell you, mum, nothing is unacceptable. I thank God that my mother, she always stood up even when it was tough 
open heart. Kelly have always stood their ground and they have never come and said, you know what, do whatever you want, be whatever you want. I'm tired of you. I can't handle this anymore. They've said, as for me and my house, this is how we're going to live. We're going to stand upon God's word because this is the only thing that's acceptable in this house and it's God's word and God's instruction and God's life. Why? Because they know what it is to be the masterpiece. Nothing is unacceptable. It's your call. It's your responsibility to be a mother. Kelly and I have such a passion in our hearts to see parents once again be parents and not friends. We've got too many parents today that want to befriend their kids. You can try and be your friend with your kids. And I, I want our kids to like us. Don't get us wrong. But if our kids are not liking us because we're standing up for what's truth, then I'd much rather them not like me for right now because they're going to love me in the future. Come on now. We've got too many parents that want to be the friends of their kids. They want to feel like their kids. They want to be teenagers with their kids again. I want to tell you right now, parents, you've got to be parents. Mom, you've got to be a mom. You've got to act like the masterpiece that God framed you to be. And that means sometimes you've got to say no. And here's the reason why I said no. And that may be good enough of a reason for right now. But you've got to stand up and be true. Why? Because we've got too many people who are now making the wrong choices and other people are having to pick up the mess. Other people are having to parent your kids. Grandparents are now trying to have to take their kids and all these things. Why? Because parents are not being the parents. Mums are not being the mums that you need to be. Come on, you've got to be a parent first and then a friend. I'm best friends with my parents now because one day they didn't give me everything I wanted and everything I thought I needed, but they gave me what I truly needed and that was the instruction of God. And they were strict and they were hard and I thought they were sent to this world to make my life miserable. But now I'm I'm so thankful to them every day. They work with me. I love my mom and dad. They're my best friends. Why? Because they parented me when I needed a parent. And they still parent me today if I need that. Because we still have that interaction of parent and son and pastor and parents. We have that interaction. We know when to go from one to the other. So the question today is, mom, what are you doing? You're his masterpiece. It's time you acted like it. God has framed you. You see, nothing's in vain. It may seem like things are not important. And there's no purpose meaning. Nothing's in vain. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too big. Nothing's unimportant. Nothing's unnoticed. And certainly doing nothing and being nothing is not acceptable. But I want to show you this today. When we keep talking about God wants to frame your life and God wants to set up your life, God wants to use all those nothings. Notice there were a whole load of nothings. God wants to take the things that we can appear as nothings in our life and He can make great something out of them. Because the whole reason that God wants to frame your life is for this reason. Because He wants to create His masterpiece inside of you. He wants to make each and every one of you into His image. That every circumstance and every situation of life, that we can appear as in vain, too small, too big, out of reach, unimportant, not what I need to be doing. I could be doing other things. But God is using every one of those things To set you up. To frame your life. To make you into His image. That you can be the masterpiece that He created you to be. You know they talk about a silversmith. And the silver that we have didn't come out of the ground like that. It was connected through rocks and junk and debris. And what that silversmith does is he takes a big smolting pot. It's just a big pot and he puts everything inside of it. And he lights a hot fire underneath it. And as the fire begins to burn, all of a sudden that which is liquid or the metal begins to turn into a liquid and it begins to separate itself away from all the junk and all the trash. And then what that silversmith does is he takes a scoop, and he begins to scoop off and disregard to the side all the junk 
all the junk. All the junk. And you know what they say, how the silversmith knows when that silver is completely pure? Is this, when he can see his reflection looking back at him on the top. You see, the circumstances of your life, you've been framed up to be made in his image. That God wants to touch your life. Look at that scripture again, Ephesians 2.10. You are his workmanship. You're his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works that nothing's in vain. Nothing's too small. Nothing's too big. Nothing's unimportant. Nothing's unnoticed. That nothing or doing nothing is unacceptable. Which God prepared beforehand. That God framed your life to be. That what? That we should Walk in that, that we should live that. Come on, mum, it's time to be his masterpiece. It's time to live in what God has called you to be. Remember, it doesn't always appear to be greatness, but that's what framed and set up is. Things aren't always appear or don't always appear as they are. But God has set your life up for greatness. Be his masterpiece. Be framed by God so he can put his image inside of your life. Would you stand to your feet with us today? I pray that spoke to your heart today. I pray that spoke to your life today. And the challenge for each one, and not just mum, but each one of us, is to be his workmanship. Because that scripture doesn't just say to mums. We've used that for mums today. But that scripture is for every one of us. That we're called to be the workmanship of Christ. That we're called to live in accordance to his will and to his way. And so many times we want it by ourselves. Like we read in Romans. And we, if we don't watch we'll be given over to our vile passions. And we'll find ourselves in areas and in places. And doing things that we weren't created to do. That God never intended for our lives. God intended only greatness for your life. Oh, but I don't feel it, Pastor. Whether you feel it or not does not change the fact that He intended greatness for your life. You've got to step into that. You've got to be that. And today we're going to be praying for our mums in a few moments and those that want to respond and we're going to give you the opportunity. But just before we do that, the greatest opportunity that we can give today is for those that need to know Jesus. That need to know Jesus. In the first service, a whole row of girls, four girls in one row came forward and all gave their life to Christ this morning. Realized that they were the masterpiece of God, but they weren't living like that. They weren't living the way that they should, but God loved them so much and God had a plan for their life and God had a purpose for his life. Just like he does for your life today. Doesn't matter how you've been or what you've done. All that matters is accepting him. And giving your life over to Him. And that changes everything. Because He changes everything. He'll change your life. Maybe that's you today. You want to give your life to Christ and surrender to Him. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand wherever you may be. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to God. They're just equally as important. Because if you're not saved in the right relationship with God, you need to make it right with God. Is there anyone here today? That would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I I need to pray that prayer today. Is there anyone? I'm not going to wait much longer, but let me give another opportunity. Is there anyone today? Is there anyone? Just put that hand up and wave at me. Say, Pastor, I need Jesus in my life. Is there anyone today? Anyone? Just one more time. Anyone? Anyone? Praise God. What about this? How many would lift their hand today and say, you know what, Pastor? I'm not living like the true masterpiece that God wants me to be. And there's some things in my life I know I need to change. Come on, if that's you right now, would you put your hands up all over this place? Come on, my hands up. My hands up. I'll be the first to admit that. I don't need to look around and see who else is responding. I need to respond today. Because God has framed me for greatness. And I'm, I'm not living in the greatness that he has for me. Oh, his son, there's this partial image, but I want the complete image of his son. I want people to see Christ in me that can bring the hope of glory to the world. Come on, if that's you, just put your hand up nice and high. I want to pray for you today. God, I pray for every hand that's up today in this place. 
God, we pray, God, that your blessing would be upon us right now. God, we pray that we would truly be your masterpiece. That, God, we would recognize and realize that, God, you've framed us for greatness. That means we're set up, God, and that sometimes we're not going to always see the greatness in the circumstances and the situations of life. But, God, may we trust you with our lives. May we trust you with everything that we have. And God, as we trust you with our lives, God, even our shortcomings and our failures and our mistakes, God, may we trust you, God, and and give you even the nothings of our life that you can turn them into something. God, may we live a life that nothing's in vain, nothing's too small, nothing's too big, nothing's unimportant, God, nothing's unnoticed, and God, doing nothing is unacceptable, but God, we're going to be everything that you called us to be. And God, we pray that we would be your masterpiece, that we'd be created in Christ Jesus. That we do the work that you've called us to do. And that God, we would see blessing. That we would see hope. That we would see strength. God, we thank you, God, for that today. And we thank you for each mum. God, help our mums to be the mums that they need. To be the parent first before the friend. To stand up and just to be everything you've called. No matter where we've lacked and maybe where we've fell. God, we can pick up the pieces today. And we can be what you've called us to be. And that is this, God. You've called us to be your masterpiece. You've called us to greatness because we're framed by you. We love you in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.